0: Thanks so much for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about how to deal with anxiety and overwhelm and be more productive by calming ourselves down. You'll find more information and links to resources I mention in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 309. This episode is brought to you by a couple of tools that really help with managing some of the big pieces of our productivity, our calendar and our email inbox. If you want to get a better handle on your email inbox, remember to visit sanebox.com slash tpw today to start your free trial of this service that manages your email inbox and puts only the most important emails in front of you. You'll also get a $25 credit toward the service. That's sanebox.com, S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com slash TPW. And I'll talk a little more about them later. But this episode is also brought to you by Woven. You know, time is the most valuable asset we have, but the tools we have to manage time, to kind of keep track of what's supposed to happen when, those don't always work so well. And it's easy to feel out of control with your calendar. And often we need, if we're using digital calendars, one or two add-ons to have it do the things you need it to do to work for you. Well, Woven was created to build into your calendar all the things you need, syncing between devices, scheduling, even analytics. Analytics all in one place so you can own your schedule and make time for what matters most to you. Woven allows you to sync all your Google and Microsoft calendar accounts in one place. It offers powerful scheduling tools that are built in for free as part of the service with personalized scheduling links, published office hours, even group polls that can save you huge amounts of time when you're trying to schedule those group calls that so many of us are participating in these days. With Woven, you can rapidly time block your week. We're going to be talking about that later on in this episode. And you can protect your time with smart templates. And you can even get instant insights into how you're spending your time with those built-in analytics. I found it very easy to get it set up and get started. And I love that they offer tutorials online to help you see what it can do and get the most out of it. You can try Woven today for free. Just go to woven.com slash podcast slash TPW to try Woven today for free. And I will have links to these in the show notes in case you're driving and, uh, you know, can't take notes. So let's get into the topic of this week, keeping calm and carrying on. When the unexpected happens, when challenging circumstances occur, when There's so many things happening to us. It's easy to get anxious, even a little panicky, to get stressed out. And that does not contribute anything good to our ability to be productive. The topic or the the title came to my mind just from something I'm sure you've seen it around. The phrase, keep calm and carry on. Now, before I get into the topic, I want to mention that I did a little bit of research. And just FYI, the phrase, keep calm and carry on with the royal crown above it. You've seen those images around. That is actually a trademark. That image is protected under a European Union trademark owned by Keep Calm and Carry On Limited Company. I'll put links in the show notes in case you're interested in that. So I'm not trying to uh, infringe on their trademark. We're not using their image, but the phrase kind of makes sense. And there's an interesting history to that phrase as well. But it can be kind of a motto for us In times like we're going through these days with so many different things happening, additional responsibilities or decisions added to our normal everyday life. And it's easy, especially as deadlines loom or things change suddenly, to get very anxious and stressed out. And that doesn't help us get things done, does it? It doesn't help us be productive. And so I wanted to talk a little bit this week about stress and anxiety and how we can get things done without so much stress and anxiety. So I wanted to start, as I often do, with kind of looking at what do I mean by anxiety? What does that word mean? I mean, we talk about it. We talk about being anxious and stressed out. Anxiety is something different from stress. Uh, One writer put it this way when we talk about stress, we're talking about the external factors that are causing our anxiety. When we talk about anxiety, we are talking about a physical response. And this writer says, anxiety is our natural fear response that occurs when we are confronted with danger. And a lot of the resources that I looked at, and I will link to all of these in the show notes in case you're interested in doing a little research of your own little reading about this, a lot of them said that same thing, that it's a response to danger, real or perceived. Uh, another writer put it this way. Anxiety, this writer says is emotional anticipation. It's the thought of something going wrong in the future. Health professionals, this writer says, use the term anxiety to describe a persistent fear or chronic sense of worry. The sources of which seem unclear. The writer goes on to say, anxiety is not an emotion, but an experience and it harms our ability to be in control, making us feel paralyzed. And the thing about it is, as this writer says that anxiety clouds our judgment. It's a disorienting experience when facing a threat we can't understand. And I think that just says so much about what a lot of us have been experiencing as I'm recording this in August of 2020, A lot of us have felt disoriented and, you know, about (laughs) because we are facing a threat that we can't understand, right? And as the experts say, it, it makes us feel like things are out of control and we feel unsafe and that paralyzes us. We're going to talk a little more about the effects of this anxiety, the panic that can come and whether it's a, you know, a worldwide pandemic that threatens our physical health or other things going on in our life that just threaten our emotional or psychological well-being, the result is the same. This anxiety uh, that causes difficulties, (laughs) to put it mildly, in being productive in the way that we want to be. And according to several sources that I read, the National Institutes of Health in the United States estimates that approximately 40 million adults in the United States alone are affected by anxiety. I'm guessing that it's even higher these days. But nevertheless, when I'm talking about anxiety and the need to sort of keep calm and carry on as a response to the anxiety that we feel that interferes with our productivity, that's what I'm talking about. And it was really interesting reading to to look at some of this and kind of get some background for a framework for thinking about this and how it affects us. What causes anxiety, that um, emotional and physical response? I loved, like I said, the one writer that said, it's emotional anticipation, the thought of something going wrong in the future. What causes it? Well, stress can do it. As one writer put it, prolonged periods of stress can often turn into more persistent periods of anxiety, and it definitely affects our productivity. I looked at a lot of sources to kind of get an idea of what causes stress in us or what causes anxiety and the stress, you know, in one article that I read called anxiety and productivity, there was a counselor that was quoted in this as saying, anxiety is frequently a mixture of biological causes and environmental habits. And another source identifies what they called, and I'm quoting here, a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events. So uh, this combination of factors can result in anxiety. It can be uh, something as simple as we've got a big presentation to give at work coming up, and we are trying to prepare for that. But our anxiety about how it's going to go and whether we, we're going to be able to do a good job and and present ourselves well, can actually interfere with our ability to, to prepare for the the thing. And so it's anything from that to, uh, I remember when I was expecting my first child, not even just my first child, you know, later children, in the weeks leading up to childbirth i you know i got very anxious about am i going to be able to do it this time am i you know things can go wrong can i cope with it this time and will everything be okay and that can just you know it causes all sorts of things to us and we'll talk about that so I want to say that I'm talking here about anxiety sort of in a general sense. The things that get us anxious, maybe a little panicky as we're trying to get things done and meet deadlines and do the right thing by ourselves and the people we love and our employers and all those things, that it's normal. It's a normal response. Now, I have to acknowledge that for some of us, it's more enhanced, I guess. It's a more continuous struggle with anxiety. And I'm not talking about that necessarily. I would encourage you if you are one who, you feel like you struggle with anxiety, you know, more than the people around you and You know, how many times have we we talked about the fact that we shouldn't compare ourselves? We don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. But if you feel like you need help, you need someone to talk to, I encourage you to find someone, to go to a therapist, to a counselor, to a doctor, and get the help that you need to deal with the anxiety if it's really interfering at any level. It can interfere with our ability to get things done. But if you're struggling with a level of anxiety that you feel like it's making it hard for you just to get your day-to-day stuff done, then I encourage you to get help. It's not a sign of weakness, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That was one of the things I took away from some of the reading that I did, that For some of us, uh, our genetics, our brain chemistry, the personality we've developed growing up, our background, things that have happened to us, we are more prone to anxiety to a level that interferes with our day-to-day life. And getting help with that is not something to be ashamed of. There shouldn't be any stigma attached to us. So that level is not necessarily what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about that, but also primarily the level of anxiety that any of us can experience at d- under certain circumstances. And it can come from the stress of impending deadlines, changing circumstances, all the things we've already talked about. The effects of it can be pretty dramatic. One article published by the American Psychiatric Association Foundation's Center for Workplace Mental Health cited several studies that have found that globally, anxiety disorders are the sixth leading cause of disability. So this was in, in the context of the workplace and it causes great uh, loss of productivity in the workplace because of that. So that's one of the effects. It, it interferes with our ability to get our work done. When we are anxious, when levels of stress or whatever causes lead to us feeling anxious, that fight or flight response can kick in. And this is a, a you know, a, a Survival mechanism built into our brains and into our bodies. The fight or flight response is a response to a threat, and it can be a real threat or just a perceived one. It can be physical or psychological, and it does all sorts of things to our body. Our body, the the fight or flight response to a threat, is our body being flooded with certain hormones like adrenaline, our breathing and our heart rate speed up. We prepare w- without even consciously thinking about it. Our bodies are preparing to either fight to defend ourselves or flee, run away from the danger. And uh, it has physiological effects as as a part of that, what I thought was interesting is when that is triggered and you've felt it at times, maybe you've been out for a run and a dog came, comes running out of a, a neighbor's yard, barking at you. Maybe, maybe that doesn't do it for you, but it certainly t- triggers my fight or flight, uh, response and the heart rate races and the breathing becomes fast and shallow. And, you know, the body just, automatically prepares to save itself, to save you. And what I thought was interesting is when that is triggered, it takes a certain amount of time. One one article said it can be as much as an hour or so for the systems to return to normal after the threat is gone. As I said, it's a survival mechanism that developed in humankind that helps us respond very quickly to threats to our safety. And it's a useful thing in a crisis situation. But the the thing is, as humankind has sort of evolved, our, our society has evolved to where we are not needing to defend ourselves from or run away from, you know, saber-toothed tigers or something, our, our body, our brain doesn't know the difference between that kind of threat And the perceived threat of, um, you know, an upcoming evaluation at work or, you know, something like that. And if we stay at that level of that fight or flight response for extended periods of time, it takes a toll on our bodies and on our minds. So that's one of the effects of, you know, kind of ongoing latent anxiety our our body systems, our brain is always in that fight or flight mode and it, you know, it wreaks havoc on all sorts of systems in our body. We can end up with all sorts of physiological effects, loss of sleep. You know, how many times have you laid awake at night uh, worrying about something that was upcoming, uh, whether, you know, the threat was real or just it might materialize. Uh, and the resulting fatigue from losing sleep, the difficulty in focusing, all these things directly affect our productivity and our enjoyment of our life. And so figuring out how to deal with anxiety, not to, you know, beat ourselves up about it, because as I've said before, the only thing worse than feeling bad is feeling bad about feeling bad. It's it's a normal human reaction to threats, uh, whatever those threats might be. But since it interferes with our ability to be productive, to get things done that we want to do, learning to manage it, learning to counteract it, uh, learning to sort of keep calm and carry on, so to speak, to get those things done that are important to us, it's an important skill to have. And there are things that we can do to counteract that anxiety and that panic and that fight or flight and all the things that come with it and actually stay productive in the sense of getting those things done that are important to us. And so I thought I'd share a few of the ideas that came to me and then a couple that I discovered as I was doing some reading the first thing I think we need to do is to become more aware. Often we are dealing with anxiety at one level or another or that you know that panic feeling and not even really aware that it's happening to us. It's just this sort of instinctive reaction to something that's going on in our environment. So the first step to counteracting it is learning to recognize when it's happening. So one article that I read uh, that was aptly titled, Why Anxiety is the Number One Productivity Killer. It was an interesting article. And like I said, that'll be linked along with the others in the show notes. That particular article encourages us that every time you feel anxious, ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling this way? Notice what it's doing to your body Notice what's happening at the time that you realize you're feeling anxious or panicky, that your, your heart rate is elevated, your breathing is, is faster and shallower, uh, and you're just feeling panicky or anxious. Um, just notice it, not criticize it, not even try to change anything at first, but just notice that it's happened. Recognize that it's happening to you notice how you feel what you're thinking what's going on in your mind what's going on in your body are your shoulders up around your ears are you sweating are you you know how how is it affecting you and what's happening at the time that you realize you're feeling this and maybe even more important than what is actually happening is what's the story you're telling yourself about it and what it means. So whether it's, um, you know, the example I've used mentioned a couple of times, you've got a big uh, presentation, you've got to prepare for work and you're trying to work on it, but you realize you're feeling anxious. Take a pause for a minute. And notice, okay, that's anxiety. Give it a name. You know, we we can cope with emotions, experiences better if we can put a name to them. So say to yourself, okay, that's anxiety. That's what that feels like in me. I notice I'm breathing shallowly. I notice my heart rate's elevated. I notice I'm tense and my stomach hurts or whatever, however you're feeling. What's going on? Well, I'm sitting here trying to work on this report and I'm thinking about, that it's due on Tuesday and here it is, you know, Friday afternoon and I'm not ready. And, and, you know, what's the story I'm telling myself about it. I'm, I'm incompetent. I'm, I'm, my whole life depends on doing this right. Whatever the story is you're telling yourself, just notice it. That's the th- the first step. And maybe journal about it. Make a note. Ha- start a, a journal somewhere where you keep track of these experiences. When you recognize that you're feeling this anxiety and this panic and this, you know, whatever name you want to give to it, what's happening at the time that it occurs? How is it affecting you? and what is the story you're telling yourself about uh, whatever it is that triggered it so that's the first step i think the second step is to breathe as i've already mentioned when we are anxious when we are you know f- fearful of something coming up and feeling that anxiety and that stress we breathe faster and more shallowly, that, that fight or flight response, without us even being conscious of it. That's how we have survived as a species, that our unconscious body processes kick into gear to get us ready to save our life. That's really what's going on here. So that's what's happening. We're breathing faster, more shallowly, and that contributes to attention and sort of the I'm getting ready to run kind of feeling. And the way we counteract that is to practice breathing more slowly and more deeply while relaxing those tense parts of your body. Notice where the tension hits you. For me, it's in my shoulders and in my jaw. So just noticing that, taking a moment when I realize I'm breathing fast and breathing shallowly to intentionally and purposefully slow down my breathing take some deep breaths and relax my shoulders, relax my jaw, you know, wherever you feel that tension, just kind of doing a quick, mental inventory of your body. Where are you feeling the effects of this anxiety, the stress, the tension, and let that go for just, you know, I'm talking 30 seconds, 60 seconds to take a few deep breaths. It can make a huge difference in, in, in calming us down, getting our heart rate to slow down getting our breathing more deep and our bodies relaxed can help us get back to work and calm us down so we can carry on. If you have, um, a, a, an iPhone or an Apple watch, there is a breathing app that comes along with it. I think it's in. it might be in the health, you know, one of the health apps. And you can set that to remind you at regular intervals to just pause, close your eyes, and breathe slowly for just 60 seconds. Or you can set it, you know, at whatever intervals you want. It's a skill for a lot of us. We live in a time when we're, you know, we're feeling like we need to go, go, go all the time. We've got so much on our plates. And we don't even realize how shallowly we're breathing and how that contributes to ongoing stress and tension and, and anxiety. So because it's a skill, because we need to practice it, do it on purpose, do it intentionally. You can set an alarm on your phone or a timer on your desk or something to go off once an hour, just to take, even if it's just 30 seconds to slow down your breathing. Take a couple deep breaths, you know, in and out slowly, and let that kind of tension in your body dissipate. That can make a huge difference in how we're feeling if we just do that. Just learn to breathe. Another thing we can do, the third thing that I kind of thought about in terms of counteracting anxiety. And uh, so that we are able to get things done and be more productive is to learn to quiet your mind. Uh, For most of us, for many of us, uh, our minds are racing all the time. We've got so many things going on and so many thoughts that we're not even conscious of, That, you know, things we're trying to remember and things we got to do and uh, conversations we're replaying in our head and, and all these sorts of things. And that can contribute to anxiety that interferes with our ability to be productive. And so we can, just like we can practice breathing deeply and relaxing our bodies, we can learn to quiet our minds. One way to do that, a great way to do that is to build in a time in your day hopefully every day, to just sit quietly for a few minutes. Meditate. You can use one of the meditation apps. I love Headspace. Uh, There's also the Calm app. And there are a a bunch of podcasts out there. I'll see if we can find some to link to in the show notes that do little short meditations. But I like Headspace because you can set it for however much time you want. Just, Just a few minutes to meditate to quiet your mind maybe do a mind dump that often helps me if i'm feel feeling myself getting anxious and panicky about all the things you know to sit down with a, a pen and paper and just write down everything get all those thoughts out of my head onto paper where I can look at them and evaluate them more rationally instead of having them sort of swirling around in my head. You know what I'm talking about. I'm guessing you've probably felt that too. And being intentional about making time every day to sit quietly not with sounds, not with music, not with anything playing, but just quiet. It's something hard to come by these days Uh, and get those thoughts out of our head onto paper. I would say definitely if we want to quiet our minds, we want to limit the time spent with negative inputs, whether it's news, social media, negative people. We talked about that recently uh, about the importance of guarding our minds And to keep our minds quiet so that the creative thinking and the problem solving that needs to happen can come to the forefront, Uh, I think it's important to limit how much time we spend with negative inputs. Maybe instead of turning the news on first thing or scrolling through Facebook first thing when you wake up, what if you spent you know, just five minutes with a cup of tea and just quietness, just sip your tea, close your eyes and let your mind quiet, meditate, you know, listen to a guided meditation or whatever, whatever works for you. The idea is to give yourself Time to practice that skill of quieting our mind. Uh, One thing that can really help with that is to do a digital detox. Turn off your screens for an hour a day or one day a week. Maybe on Saturdays you don't have your phone on and you don't watch TV and you don't, you know, you don't do social media. Or maybe it's just half an hour. You start with half an hour a day with no screens. That can make a huge difference in getting kind of managing our minds and getting things quieter in our heads. All of that will help with our ability to keep calm and then carry on with doing the things that are most important to us. Right. Uh, the fourth thing I think that helps with counteracting anxiety, calming ourselves, and moving forward with in a productive manner is to simplify our lives. And I was having a great conversation just this, this weekend with uh, some other women in the uh, productive woman community. We were talking about uh, the, you know, what's going on in the world these days. And one of the women had such a wise uh, take on it because I was, you know, feeling a little, maybe anxious, I guess, about all the changes that have been brought about in our lives because of the coronavirus and the uh, inability to do things, to go out and all all the things that have happened. You know what's going on. And I asked, how are you feeling about your child not being able to do the, the extracurricular activities she used to do, the enrichment kinds of things? She said, we're just trying to look at it from a positive perspective and recognize that we now have more time together as a family because we don't have so many things on our schedule. And so we can spend time in the evening having a family game night or, or, you know, what, whatever kinds of things that they're doing. And I thought that's such a great perspective for a lot of us, uh, because we can't do all the things we normally do, the things that we did pre-COVID, uh, we actually have more time. Our schedules have been somewhat simplified. Now, there are other complexities added with um, you know, the things that we're having to take on that maybe we took for granted before, as uh, like educating our kids, but there aren't a lot of places to go. A lot of meetings have been canceled. A lot of conferences, every conference I was supposed to attend this year has been canceled or turned into an online thing. And so simplifying our life gives us a chance to sort of slow the pace a little bit and proceed a little more calmly through our days if we let it. If we don't allow ourselves to look at it as a, a loss, but an opportunity to evaluate the things we used to spend our time on and say, okay, when things get to some semblance of normal, how many of those things do I actually want to bring back in my life? Or how much better would I be off? How much less anxious would I be if I maintain a simpler schedule? Uh, sim- similarly simplify our space. If we have less stuff our lives are simpler so purge ruthlessly you know we've talked recently about if you have small children have fewer but better toys practice toy rotation so you only have you know a few toys out at a time that they can really enjoy instead of just an overwhelming pile of things same thing for ourselves if our wardrobes are are smaller we have fewer choices to make and less to feel anxious about. If if what we have is only a few key pieces that we really like, that are good quality, that we feel good in, it makes life simpler, right? So the less stuff we have, the less time we have to spend cleaning it, moving it, caring for it, and all those sorts of things. If we simplify our life, it allows us to regain that sense of calm that's so important. So whether it's your space, your calendar, the routines that you have, make it simple, make it easy for yourself to the extent you can. Practice less but better in all areas of your life. Keep only the things you use and love. Um, Every tool you use, Let it be something that you enjoy using, you know, maybe make a commitment to over time, gradually replace uh, items that you need, but that you find that are ugly or they don't work well and replace those with alternatives that are both easy to use and beautiful to you to make your life simpler and therefore slow that pace a little bit and bring back that sense of calm we can certainly uh, counteract anxiety and get things done in a calmer way with this fifth thing which would be to develop those key productive habits whatever those might be and i would not say you should try to you know develop a whole bunch of new habits all at once but pick one to kind of focus on for a while until it becomes automatic for you. So whether it's, you know, the first thing I would say, if you don't keep a list, a to-do list, you know, a list of the things that you need to do, start with that. Just a simple list, a piece of paper and a pencil and get all those things that you need to do out of your head can help you calm down and evaluate what's making you anxious and actually make progress on getting things done. So just that habit alone can go a long way to helping us live a more calm existence. Another habit you might want to develop would be the what you know they refer to as eat the frog. Uh, do the most important thing, that thing you've been avoiding, first thing in your day. That gets it out of the way. Uh, You avoid dreading it all day, having it sort of hanging over your head as this thing that's got to get done because you've done it. And that gives you a sense of accomplishment and a feeling of control, which remember some of the resources we talked about earlier, that anxiety comes from that sense of lack of control, of, of not knowing what's happening or how to, what to do about it by identifying what your frog is, that important thing that needs to get done, but you've been avoiding it because it's hard or, or overwhelming or whatever, getting it done first thing in the morning, that phone call you kind of don't want to make, but it's got to get done, The whatever it might be get it out of the way. You've got that sense of accomplishment and a feeling of control. And that gets your momentum going in the right direction, can make a huge difference in how you proceed through the rest of the day. A third habit that can be really helpful with productivity and with calm productivity is avoid waiting until the last minute to do anything. Wherever it's in your power, allow more than enough time to get those important tasks and projects completed. We kid ourselves uh, sometimes that we work better under pressure, and so we put it off, put it off till it's the last minute and then we're, you know, panicking trying to get it done before the the deadline and that adrenaline that floods our system in a circumstance like that when we're facing that impending deadline That might fool us into thinking we're being productive because there's lots of activity driven by that adrenaline, but there's a price to pay. We're not meant to live in a state of constant (laughs) adrenaline. It's not good for us. We've, We've already talked about that. And so allowing more than enough time allows us to work on things a little at a time and in a more calm and less anxious manner. A fourth habit that's worth developing or considering is time blocking, finding chunks of time that are dedicated to specific kinds of activities. You know, your focused work, your administrative work, whatever kinds of time blocks that you need, it does a couple of things for your productivity and for your ability to stay calm. First of all, if you are time blocking or chunking your time, you know, devoting you know, pretty significant chunks of time to work on particular projects, you're going to have less disruption from switching back and forth between things. If you've put it on your calendar that this two-hour block is devoted to this kind of work, and this hour block is a break, and then the next hour and a half is for another kind of work, instead of flipping back and forth between them. If you can do that, it makes for a much calmer and more productive day. It also gives you the ability, if you've thought through this carefully and you've scheduled out these time blocks ahead, you know, just for maybe the next few days, it lets you have a conversation with your mind when it starts to get anxious about that thing you haven't done yet, because you can say, it's okay, brain. I haven't forgotten about it. I've actually set aside time to work on that on Thursday morning. So I'm not supposed to be doing it right now. The, I have a time for it. So it's good. So take a breath. It's okay. Okay. And let's do this thing we're doing now. So time blocking can be a really big help in terms of getting important work done in a calm and thoughtful manner. Another habit to develop is what I'm calling your focus muscle. Practice focusing on what you're doing. One of the things that anxiety does is interfere with our ability to concentrate. Um, We're distracted and we're unable to kind of focus our thoughts clearly. But if we work on it, we can improve our ability to focus. If we do some of these other things we've talked about, taking a breath, noticing what's making us anxious and, you know, coming up with strategies to deal with it, and then practice focusing on what you're doing just one thing at a time with no distractions. We're not very good at that. A lot of us aren't anyway. So, This is a skill you can develop, a muscle that you can strengthen by starting with just a few minutes. For the next five minutes, I'm going to focus all my attention on this project that I'm doing, this task that I'm doing right now with no noise, no distraction, and work on it until five minutes is an easy time and then gradually build up the time until you're able to stay focused for longer periods of time. A sixth habit to consider developing is something that I found in one of the articles that I read. I thought this was really good. Um, This writer suggests that breaking tasks down into micro tasks that can be completed in just a few minutes can help address that stress-induced anxiety of overwhelm. Being able to check off each small micro task creates a sense of relief from that anxiety of, am I going to get it done? Am I going to get it done? What if I can't get it done? So you get that sense of relief because you've checked off a piece of it and it builds momentum that helps you get the larger project done. One example might be, you know, instead of having on your to-do list, write project report for supervisor. That might feel too overwhelming. That might feel stressful. That might create anxiety. So instead of writing that, have a the, the micro tasks list underneath it all the little pieces maybe they're you know gather the, your reference materials then that's one step you know can be done in a few minutes now you've got them all next step maybe create a basic outline or your table of contents that of the topics that you're going to, cover in this report. Uh, the next step would be just to write 300 words or you know the first two paragraphs or however you want to identify it. And then once that's done you write the next 300 words and and so on. And breaking it down into these micro tasks makes it easier for you to be able to check something off and see the progress being made. And that is a, a great antidote, I guess, to the anxiety of trying to get this all done do small micro tasks instead of having one big project. Another example that a lot of us are talking about right now, as I'm uh, at least here in the United States, as I'm recording this is, you know, prepare the kids for the new school year. COVID or not, that's a big project that has to be done about this time every year. This year it might be particularly anxiety inducing. And so instead of having in your head, I've got to get ready for the school year, get out a piece of paper and write down the micro tasks that would make up what what are the little steps that need to happen in order for you to accomplish having your kids ready for the new school year when it starts. And so maybe one of them is to um, go on to the school's website and get the school supply list or however you get that from the school. Maybe another micro task would be to gather some bags or boxes uh, to sort clothes into because you you got one of the things you might need to do is figure out what new school clothes they need. And then instead of saying, I've got to go through all the kids' clothes, a micro task would be, I'm going to go through one kid's dresser drawer, just one drawer. And I'm going to pull everything out one at a time. And it's either going to be discarded because it's stained and or rotten, you know, whatever, or it's going to go into a donation bag because the kids outgrown it, or it's going to be kept. And you just do one drawer. You can do that in five, 10 minutes. And then the next, and you can check that off. And then the next micro task is to go through the next drawer and then another and then another. Uh, Maybe one of the micro tasks is to make a list of clothes needed for each child as you're going through the drawers once you've done this. Uh, Another task would be to shop online for the school supplies or whatever it is. But I think you get the idea that instead of having this sort of overwhelming project floating around in your head, making you anxious, write down the the list of small steps that you can take, actions you can take that once you've done them all, you will have accomplished that project. And these habits, you know, the, all of them Use the the key productive habits that we've talked about, the keeping a list, eating the frog, uh, scheduling ample time to get things done, time blocking, exercising your focus muscle, all these things can help us regain a sense of control, which reduces the anxiety that comes from feeling like you're dropping balls. And it, they will also help us make progress on the projects and goals that matter most to us. So developing those key productivity habits one at a time can be go a long way towards helping you maintain a sense of calm as you go about accomplishing what's important to you. Another idea is to create a calm environment to work in. Our environment, for most of us, can have a big impact on how we feel, whether it's calm or anxious. So create, on purpose, a calm environment to work in. Think of all your senses, the scents, the sounds, the sights, everything around you. So maybe you want to, when you sit down to work, light a scented candle or play soothing music so you're here, you know, you're hearing something calming. Use colors that calm you in the rooms that you work and you sleep in. Keep your spaces clear of clutter. All these things can help you release the tension that contributes to anxiety and interferes with your ability to focus and do those things that are important to you. The next one is to pay attention to your body. Notice when you are feeling stressed and anxious and how it's affecting your body, and make the changes necessary to support a healthy body that will help you to be less anxious and more calm. So whether that's the necessary changes to get adequate restful sleep, and we've talked about that in the past. Choose healthier food and make at least one meal a day a pleasurable event. Sit down you know, alone or with others, with pretty dishes, not, the, not in front of the TV or looking at your phone. Enjoy the food and the company. It doesn't have to be a long time, but be present. Pay attention to the food and enjoy it. Move your body each day. Getting a little bit of exercise, even if it's just going for a walk or, you know, 20 minutes on a treadmill or, you know, 20 minutes of yoga or something. Those things are stress reducers and they're better for your health physically and emotionally. Uh, The next one is to definitely pay attention to your self-talk. Words matter when a task or responsibility is stressing you out. Notice, are you thinking of it in terms of, I have to, or I choose to, or even better, I get to. Now, it's easy for all of us, including me, to think, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. Those words make a difference in how we perceive it. So whether it's your job or, you know, cooking dinner or cleaning house or whatever, we can either think of them as obligations, things we have to do uh, that are stressing us out, or we can change the words we use when we talk to ourselves. And think of them in terms of, I choose to do this or I get to do this. So whether it's your job, I get to go to work today. Um, some people don't have that option, uh, cooking dinner or cleaning house, maybe th- remind yourself, Hey, I have family or friends to cook for, or I have enough money to buy food, or I have a home to clean, or I have clothes to wash. Thinking of it in a more positive terms can help you be more calm and less anxious about it. Also, in the same way, uh, under the same category of paying attention to your self-talk, pay attention to how you talk to yourself about yourself. We are very unkind to ourselves sometimes. We say things about ourselves that we would never say about a friend or someone that we loved or cared about. Pay attention to that and choose better words. Practice being present in the moment, thinking about the thing you're doing right now, instead of going through the motions while thinking ahead to what's next or rehashing what's already passed. Being in the moment allows you to be calmer and less anxious. Uh, and that takes a huge amount of practice. I think you, you may be like me. I have a tendency to be doing one thing and thinking about something else, thinking about the thing I've got to do next or, you know, rehashing a conversation I had that didn't go as well as I wish it had. Uh, I am trying to practice being in the moment, being present with what I'm doing and letting myself do it calmly and intentionally and purposefully. Uh, The next one is to let go of perfectionism. That will go a long way to keep calm and carry on. Nobody's perfect. We know this, and yet we wear ourselves out trying to do everything perfectly, whatever that means, and feeling like stressed out failures when we can't live up to impossible standards. As we talked about recently, have an honest talk with yourself about what things need 100% effort and which things can be let go with good enough. Be honest with yourself about it. Realize that everything doesn't have to be perfectly done all the time. And as I've said many times before, what, what you do matters, but you are not what you do. You are much more than that. And so letting go of perfectionism, which is a struggle for many of us, can go a long way towards eliminating or at least reducing anxiety and being able to move calmly through our days. And finally, if we want to be able to keep calm and carry on, to uh, reduce anxiety and continue progressing in making a life that matters, practice radical grace towards yourself as well as others, especially yourself. Practice radical grace. Give yourself and others the benefit of the doubt. Trust yourself. Uh, Be kind to yourself and others. Uh, As one writer put it, and I thought this was so good, um They said none of the techniques above will have an impact unless you're ready to stop punishing yourself today for how your anxiety affects productivity. It's unlikely you'll ever completely stop those stomach knots from appearing from nowhere. So don't waste precious energy trying. Give yourself grace. I say it every week and I mean it every week. I need the reminder as much as you do. We uh, judge ourselves harshly hold ourselves to an impossible standard, and then wonder that we're anxious and stressed out. If we can learn to practice radical grace, um, give, give the best effort we're capable of in the moment, and then let it go. That will make all the difference in the world in our ability to keep calm and carry on. So those are my thoughts What do you think? Have you struggled with anxiety about all you need to get done? How do you help yourself Be calm and carry on doing what matters most to you. I would love to hear from you, hear your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions on how we can all do this, Um, reduce the anxiety and stay calm and and move through our lives accomplishing those things that matter most to us. You can share your thoughts or questions in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 309. Or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's always a great place to have these conversations, and I'd love to engage with you there. I know others would as well. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love, love, love to hear from you. Before we go, I want to just say a quick thank you to SaneBox and share just a couple thoughts about how SaneBox can help us keep calm and carry on. And we are all so inundated with email nowadays that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's about responding only to the important things, those messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox can help. You can think of it kind of as a robotic Marie Kondo for your email. As messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, leaving only the important emails in your inbox and directing all the other distracting stuff to your sane later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. It also has a great feature, um, several great features, but one of them I love is the, what they call the sane black hole where if you get, you know, email messages from annoying senders, marketing kinds of things that you never want to hear from again, you just drag that email over into the sane black hole folder and that takes care of, it. Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. So see how a SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com slash TPW to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X, SaneBox.com slash TPW. And remember, if you'd like to make better use of your calendar, check out Woven. Uh, You can try it today for free by going to woven.com slash podcast slash TPW to give Woven a try. And I will, as I said, have links to both of those in the show notes if you want to just go there and check it out. Thank you so much to Woven and to SaneBox for supporting The Productive Woman one last quick thing. I know I've kind of run long this time. Uh, this is the last call to join me for a productive woman mastermind group. Uh, this is a small group of like-minded women to share mutual support ideas, encouragement, and accountability. Uh, we'll meet once a week for 12 weeks, starting in early September. And there's a whole lot more that goes with it. You can visit theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind to learn more. And you can email me if you have questions after you've reviewed that page. But don't wait. Um, I really only have a couple of spots left and I'd love to offer one of them to you. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I don't take it lightly. It means the world to me. I hope you felt like it was a worthwhile use of your time. I look forward to talking with you again very, very soon. So until next time, remember once again, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.